Heavenly Father, creator of heaven and earth, we plead with you, my Lord, that you guide our hearts and our minds and all our beings to worship you this morning, to glorify you, to worship you as we do business with you through your word. Will you protect us from distraction and will you empower me and the hearers with the Holy Spirit so we can be convicted of sin but also of joy of being with you for what you have done for us. And we pray this in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I bring greetings from SRL Seminary. Seminary is... Nothing's working today. Is okay. Seminario Reformado Latino Americano is SRL. Uh, and this seminary is bringing the Reformation to Latin America. We, by God's mercy, in 24 years, have provided information about reformation and education to over 2,000 pastors. <clears throat> and by God's mercy, the result is really hundreds of churches in different countries, all the way from Mexico to Argentina and Chile, with the center in Medellin. And we would like to offer this opportunity to this church to be ambassadors for Christ, especially if you will be able to send your pastor. <laughs> it will be a tremendous ambassador because I just heard some of the sermons on Ruth, <clears throat> and he, God used him to minister to us, but especially to my Mimi, in a magnificent way. Uh, we thank God for his ministry here and the way God is using uh, this uh, group of men who are leading this church. <clears throat> kindly stand up for the reading of the word. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from 17 to 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things had passed away. Behold, all things are, had become new. 
Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You just heard the word of God. We pray that God impact our hearts and our minds just with his word. Please sit down. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That alone is magnificent to know that God in Genesis created the world and created us. But now here, he's saying that we are in Christ a new creature, a new creation, regeneration. Genesis is the generation, but here is regeneration, regenesis. He has created us new, completely new, only if we are in Christ, he is a new creation. But since I am a missionary, I like to share with you some of new creations that God in his mercy has allowed us, different professors and myself, to see. We were traveling, <coughs> pardon me, through Argentina teaching and God in his mercy allow us to teach and by the time we finished in Buenos Aires we flew to Santiago and in Chile and Mimi looked at me and said Noe you have spoken for over 100 hours Please refrain yourself. Don't say anything about the Bible. 
If they ask you, what do you do in Latin America, tell them that you are a carpenter. <laughs> but please try to save your voice too and rest. So we went to Viña del Mar just to rest. And I obey me, I promise. No more Bible, no more nothing of that. But in, in Viña del Mar, Mimi went to the beauty salon. I came down from the hotel looking for her for the time of tea. And husbands, please see your wives as the most beautiful wife, woman in the entire world. The queen of everything. And make a practice of that. The more you practice, the more that queen really becomes royal. So that's the way I do. I came in <laughs> and I said, I am looking for the most beautiful woman in the world. And the girl says, here I am. <laughs> so I said, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. So they say, oh, la gringa. <laughs> so she told me she was not ready. And she said, would you like me to do your nails? In Latin America, that is something that almost everyone does. So I said, okay. And she says, what are you doing in Latin America? <laughs> and I changed the conversation. I said, tell me about... Pablo Neruda, we are here where pa close where Pablo Neruda was born. Says, well, and I changed the conversation. She asked me again, and I say, tell me about the uh, festival of songs in Viña del Mar. And she told me, and at one point, about at the seventh time, <laughs> she says, you have something to hide. I have asked you several times, what do you do in Latin America? And I say, I teach. I say, what do you teach? Geology. What? Geology. <laughs> say, I don't understand. I say, theology. She pushed the table against me. She said, I hate God. I hate people like you who teach theology, and I was, but she was <clears throat> like a lioness. She was angry. <clears throat> Finally, to save you part of the story, I, I, I inquired what was going on. She said, I had been waiting 14 years to go to hell. 18 years ago, my husband left me, divorced me, married somebody else, I uh, tried to remarry it. I was, I am a Roman Catholic, and they do not marry me unless I get an annulment. And they told me that I can come to church, but I cannot get confession or communion because at the end of my days, I will go to hell anyway. I'm living with someone, and they probably were married through civil ceremony because the church refused to marry them. What 
an opportunity. What an opportunity. I said, the only way to go to hell is if you don't trust in Christ alone for your salvation. If, and I explained that the Lord Jesus came to save sinners, not righteous people, that he had come to pay in full for the sins of only those who believe in him. And I said, I don't know what can I tell you, but this has be, is probably the best day of your life. But please listen to me. And I said to her, when Jesus on the cross said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabatani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The answer is, for those who trust in Christ alone, because at that moment, Jesus was carrying the sin of all those who trust in him. And the moment you trust in Christ as your only way of salvation, your sin is transferred to Christ and the righteousness of God with his wrath that was coming upon you came upon Christ. Burn your sin on the cross and the transfer was done as righteousness to you and you are a new creation. You are a brand new creature. Not only that, but you have about three strikes on your favor. Number one, there is not annulment in the Bible. Number two, you are a new creation when you trust in Christ alone and therefore any kind of sin, anything in the past has been totally forgiven. You are a new person. On the other hand, the Bible says, and I went through First uh, Corinthians 7, where a biblical divorce is protected by God in the Bible. And she had a biblical divorce. But I said, you can be married, you can be happy, you can do it. But if you don't trust in Christ, you are going to hell anyway. You know, she was surprised, but happy. What happened at that moment, after two hours, she fell on your knees and said, what a wonderful news. You didn't come to Latin America to teach any theology. God sent you to open the doors of heaven by trusting in Christ alone. It was an amazing uh, view. And then I shared with her that this new creation has to be not from the lips alone, but when you hear the gospel, you trust with your heart, you believe with the heart, according to Romans 
10, pronounce with your lips what you really believe because it's the power of the Holy Spirit within you. And then when you believe, I went through this. Therefore, <clears throat> if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, is a new person. Everything has passed completely. And there is no more eternal security than to know that Christ paid in full for your sins. That when you arrive in eternity, God asks you, why shall I let you into my kingdom? We are not going to say because we did a lot of good things. But we are going to say that because we are bad, but we believe in one that, that is good, that paid in full for my sins. And you promise that if we trust in him, by the power of your spirit, he, we take the righteousness of Christ. That's what I says. All things had passed away. You burn everything behind. In fact, you divorce Satan and burn all the bridges that connected you with Satan. And you have a brand new life. Behold, all things have become new. <clears throat> you begin to see life in a different way. One of the most difficult things or the most horrible things that Roman Catholicism teaches is that no one is certain if you are going to heaven. It depends not upon Jesus, but upon a priest who takes you through confession to heaven. But now, the fact that you know that the moment you die, you are going to heaven because you are in Christ. Look at this. Now, all things, and all things means not only the new creation, but all people who believe in Christ are now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> we were enemies of God. In first in the letter of Ephesians chapter 2, you know that from verse 1 to 4, we were dead in trespasses and sins, following the current of this world, on being under the power of the prince of the earth, Satan himself. We were dead in trespasses and sins, under the wrath of God. And then it comes the beautiful B-U-T. But God, who is rich in justice. No. Who is rich in what? Mercy. For the great love which he loved us. He gave us life. It's an amazing thing is the work of God. In fact, is the work of the Holy Trinity because in the begin before the beginning in the council of God 
the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son made the agreement to save us and to send Jesus to save those who believe in him and make us scream with that sense of security of Romans 8. Now, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because what we could not do because our sinful nature, God did, sending his son in the likeness of sinful nature. Not in sinful nature, but in the likeness of sinful nature to do what we were not able to do and to pay in full for our sins. Look at that. He reconciled us. Us being enemies of God is not really a big problem. The big problem is when God is our enemy. That's more serious. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We now are sure that we are reconciled with God. That we have that union, union with Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. We are talking about the world of believers, the world of those that God has chosen before the foundation of the world. And how do we know that? Because in John chapter 4, chapter 6, verse 44, the question is, who can believe? And the answer is, no one. Absolutely no one can believe. What is the necessary condition? Unless God will take us to Christ. So it's the work of God. And then in John 6, 65, it repeats the same thing. I told you that no one can, can believe unless the Father will take you. And then in that beautiful uh, prayer of the Lord Jesus in chapter 17 of John. Wow. Don't, don't say that the Our Father is the Lord's prayer. Just, I am just making a parenthesis. Because that's not the Lord's prayer. If, he wa if that was the Lord's prayer, Jesus could not be the Savior. Because he said, forgive us our sins. And Jesus did not have sin. That prayer, it was teaching us how to pray. So that's not the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is chapter 17. I wish I have two hours to go through it. Okay? Because it shows who can come to Jesus. Jesus came to do the will of the Father and not against the will of the Father. 
And he prays in that, in that prayer, chapter 17, I came to save those that you have given me. Those who are yours, you have given to me, and I am saving them. And no one is going to be lost, not even one. And if you can count at least seven times, says those that were yours, I am saving them. The ones that you gave me, those ones. And the ones that you did not give me, I don't even pray for them. Imagine that. That's chapter 17. So we are in Christ, and he says, so they will love each other the way you love me and the way I love them. And when you are in Christ, being a new creation, brothers and sisters and friends who might not believe today, that new creation give us a new place in the Holy Trinity. I have to tell you, God cannot love any one of us more than himself. It will not be God. In order for him to love us eternally, we must be in Christ. And when God sees Christ, he sees us. And the Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. The Father loves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves the Father. The Holy Spirit loves the Son. The three of them love each other in an uh, eternal, in, 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 in Possible to break way. And when we are in Christ, the Father and the Holy Spirit see Christ and He sees us in Christ. And we participate of that intertrinitarian love. If anyone doubts for a second of their salvation, this is a moment to believe, to trust that you are in Christ and Christ is in you and he is in the Trinity. Not that you become gods, but participate of that inter-Trinitarian love that will never can be break, broken. Wow. I have to check the time. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Not only that, but he has made us ambassadors. The only reason we are alive today is to present the gospel to others. Paul says, I would prefer to be with the Lord, but I have to be here because it's glorious to present his kingdom to others. And he's asking us not to be ashamed of the gospel. I teach all throughout Latin America, all the way from here, where we have, in America, we have four sites, 
Mexico and Cuba, Bolivia, Argentina, Chile, Venezuela. Uh, God has allowed us to bring this reformation and this uh, ambassadorship to Latin America. And when we go, we have the tendency, and I have to confess, to be ashamed of the gospel. And we read in chapter 1 of Romans, verse 16 and 17, which is the thesis for the book of Romans, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And when I ask the pastors, what is the gospel? Many of them cannot answer. The gospel is Jesus and his work. That's it. That is the gospel. And when we say, I am not ashamed of the gospel, we are saying, I am not ashamed of Jesus. I am not ashamed of Jesus. Because it is the power. We are not the power. It, he is the power through the power of the Holy Spirit, of God unto salvation. I was traveling with two more missionaries in Panama, and we, I don't bother you with the details, but we, one, we had to be in Balboa from Panama to give a conference, and there were at least 300 people there waiting for us. We were late. And at that time was rush hour, no taxi wanted to take us. So we create a situation in which we stop the taxi cab, step in, and we say go. And he left. And about one block, he says, where am I going? And I say, to Balboa. He says, no. <laughs> and I say, please. And we plead with him. And we off, he says, I'm going to lose a lot of money. This, the time to do money is here, not in Balboa. And we said, well, how much do you think you will lose? He shared with us, hey, we will be able to pay you. We need you. He agreed to go. And then he looked at us, at me, and says, what do you do? <laughs> at this time, I thought that he was going to have a lot of compassion on us and you know a missionary is kind of a holy thing and I say I am a missionary he put the brakes on he says I hate missionaries they are Jesus here and Jesus here and Jesus here they, they, all of those guys come into my car and I have to tell you my God is, are these arms. This is what gives me food. And you see this taxi? That's my God. And I am a dog. And when I die, I will go into the cemetery and that's it. It's finished. So if you want me to take you, no Jesus. Do you understand? I look at the missionaries and they say, okay. I was intimidated by a taxi cab when I proclaim that I am not afraid of the gospel. Here is an opportunity 
to be an ambassador. An ambassador in the kingdom of God cannot be intimidated. But you have to be an ambassador. You have to learn some diplomacy. So you have to listen. So I began to ask him, tell me a little bit about your family. And he said that he has a 13-year-old that is the best soccer player in the entire world. And he spoke to us for good 10 minutes about how beautiful his son was and how smart and how, how he's going to go places playing soccer. And he actually almost, I have to tell him, look in front, because <laughs> he was explaining to me. So we were almost there, and I said, do you love your son? Do you really believe that your son is a dog? Do you really love him? Because what I can see how much you express love for him to the point that you almost made us love him. In fact, we love him. And we feel sorry for your son. He says, why? He said, because your son needs to know the way to heaven. And you hate him so much that you refuse to listen in order that you can share that with him. He stopped. Look at me. Put this face. And he said, What's the way to heaven? Say, thank you very much. <laughs> and I share with him the justice of God, the holiness of God, the wrath of God, and how Jesus is the lightning rod from the wrath of God that was coming upon us came upon Jesus, and for us was transferred grace and eternity, eternal hope. And at this time, we arrive at our destination, and he says, keep telling me. I say, I don't have the time. I'm sorry. Here is my email address, and we will communicate, and so on. I felt good that I was not afraid of the gospel, but I really didn't see a new creation. I saw a new interest. So I began, we began our lecture, and guess who was seated there? <laughs> Luis, the taxi driver. He stayed for three hours. He got the gospel. He waited for us, took us back to the hotel crying, says, I cannot wait to go back home to tell my son how much I love him by showing him the way to heaven. See, we are ambassadors for Christ. On Sunday, he sent me a text. I was already in South America. He says, I just went to church today with my son and my family. And then at night, at 8 o'clock, 
He says, I just came back out of church in the evening. And then he sent me a text about a month later and said, here is my son, the dog that now is a child of God. That is ambassadors for Christ. Don't let anybody intimidate, but ambassador means to speak the language of the kingdom that you are sent from. And in order to speak the language of the kingdom where you are going, be, are going to be sent on, you have to know the constitution of that country. If you don't know the constitution, you are going to speak your own language and not the language of your country, and you should be fired as an ambassador. In the case, don't worry about it. In the case of Ezekiel, God sent him as an ambassador. And what did he say in chapter 2 and 3? Take this. Eat this. Don't be as pagan as the rest. Wow, that's powerful. He called him a Christian pagan? And is it possible that we look like pagans because we do not read his book? And he says not only eat it, but let it go into your veins. Let it flow. Let it, let it be your life. You are a new creation. Take it. Eat it. Because you are going to present this to people of heart, foreheads. But I'm giving you this so you have a message to take. You are a brand new creation. I have a question in your bulletin. Who shall I send? And the answer is every single Christian should say, here I am. Because that's the only reason why God saved you. There is no other reason. Going to heaven is just the icing on the cake. Because you, we are saved to do what? Soli Deo Gloria. To glorify God forever. Through our obedience. Through our worshiping. Through our discipleship by presenting the gospel and expanding his kingdom. If not, to not say the Our Father, because we'll be lying. By the way, anyone who doesn't trust in Christ alone for his, her salvation is not a child of God. And God is not your father. There are only two teams in this world, the children of God and the children of Satan. And anyone who doesn't trust in Christ alone for their salvation cannot say the Our Father because his father is Satan himself. He came to his own. His own did not receive him. But, B-U-T, as many 
us receive him. To them, what? He gave him the right to become children of God. Only who those who believe in his name. And when you see in chapter 1 of John, verse 13, Reformed theology, it will, it will really uh, cause you to glorify God. The ones who believe, believe not because the parents were Christians, not because of blood, not because of the flesh, because your flesh is dead, not because somebody, not by the will of men, not that somebody will ask you to repeat, I, I believe, believe in Christ, Christ, now you are safe. If that's the case, you can save a parakeet. Not by the will, but these three words, but of God, by the will of God. No one can save by himself. Let's continue before the time flies. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading, imagine that, as if God was pleading through you, through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled with God. Brothers and sisters and friends who are here, God at this moment is pleading with you. The holy God pleading with you be reconciled to God. How? By trusting in Christ alone for your salvation. By trusting that he indeed paid in full for all your sins. By trusting that he indeed has two natures. Man and God. And because he is man, he can carry our sin and understand our frailties. frailties. And because he is God, he is infinite. Enough to pay to an infinite God for our cosmic sin against him. He's the only one. Look at that. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. <clears throat> Since we have a few minutes, he says, all things are new. You are a new creation. I would like to take you for a second to Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 17. If we are a new creation, we have to demonstrate that, first of all, to our heart. We have to see a new life, and there are at least uh, six main points that we are going to observe in our life as a new creation. Number one, 
a tremendous hate for sin. When we come to Christ or when Christ comes to us and saves us, something is happened to us. The sins that were considered big, we began to stop immediately. And then the, through the process of sanctification, we have small, what we thought that were small sins, those respectable sins. We continue until God continues to show that. So hate for sin. Second, you de we develop a tremendous love for the Bible to know who is this Christ who saved us. We are going to look for the gathering of the saints. R.C. Sproul said, if anyone is allergic to the local church, look again to see in, if indeed you have believed. You become a member of the biblical church. You take the sacraments the, uh, or the ordinance of the baptism and the, and the, and the uh, supper. Then you are going to tell others this tremendous beauty that God has bestowed upon you to have Christ in you. So you become an ambassador. You go to show. But look at this. This I say, therefore, uh, chapter 4 of Ephesians 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, then being uh, alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings had given themselves over to the lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. Why? Because you are a brand new creation. So let me finish then verse 21 in chapter, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 21, for he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of Christ. Salvation is free, but it's not free for God. John Stott says that one tremendous problem that God had is forgiveness. We can forgive rather easy because we are not God, but we have Christ in us, but we can forgive. And we can tell somebody, it's okay, don't worry. Nothing happened. I forgive you. 
God cannot do that without violating his justice, his holiness. Everyone who sin must pay for the sin. So what does God do? And I'm going to take you another half an hour to Romans 3 and Romans 5. But there is a place there in Romans 3.26 that he become the just and the justifier. If God will freely will forgive the sins of everyone without any payment for that sin, he will not be God. He will be unjust. So he has to find someone to pay for that sin. So in eternity, the council of God agreed that Jesus will come to pay for that sin. And the wrath of God will come upon Jesus for us. So he will be the just God and God himself in the person of the Lord Jesus will be the justifier. Everyone has to pay for their sin. The Christian, the one who trusts in Christ alone for their salvation, your sin is paid by Jesus. And God is satisfied. The wrath of God is satisfied. But the one who doesn't trust in Christ alone, their sin will be punished forever in hell. And here is another quotation from R.C. Sproul. Hell is not fair to God. Because no matter how long a person stays in hell, will never will pay God in full for their sin. So you hear today, you want, do we want to pay for our own sin or would we like someone to pay for our sin? And that someone is the Lord Jesus. The moment we believe and trust in Jesus, justification by faith alone, our sin is transferred to Jesus. And his righteousness is transferred to us, the righteousness of God. Because we belong in hell. We belong on the cross. And all you have to do is read in the Old Testament, Isaiah 52 and 53, and 12 times in those chapters, 12 times, you are going to see that Jesus is the substitute for us. 
I don't have the time to read it. But dear ones, there is no condemnation today for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are going to have the supper of the Lord. It's an opportunity to come to the house of daddy for dinner. But it's only for those who trust in Christ. The ones who do not trust in Christ, they are not children of God. Therefore, they don't have, they, they cannot have dinner with daddy because God is not the daddy. Today, God has spoken to us through his word. I tried the best not to use my own words. But dear ones, three basic points. Number one, you are a new creation if you trust in Christ. As a new creation, the past has been erased. You are, you, we burn all the bridges that we have with Satan and create new bridges with God. We live a new life. And then, as a consequence of that, we love God so much that we willing want to be unashamed to be the ambassadors for Christ, presenting the gospel to as many people as we can. Not because we love so much the sinners, but because we love God. Jesus said in chapter 4 of John, I am looking for worshipers that will worship my Father in spirit and in truth. So I'll leave you with those five points that are clearly in this passage. May God continue to bless our life, our relationship with God as his children and our new life in Christ.